Hey, this is TJ Perkins, and you're listening to ROHCast by ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 10 of ROHCast. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com, and this podcast has a one-hour time limit. Uh, once again, I'm here with Stephen, who's the other co-owner and the editor of the website. Hello, everyone. And John, who is the ROH World janitor. How's it going? <laughs> Very good. Uh, right, this week we're going to talk about the November 19th TV show. We're then going to preview next week's Southern Defiance, and then we're going to do the latest Ring of Honor news and the topics you've sent in. Uh, so we'll just begin by talking about the latest TV show, which aired on the 19th of November. Uh, it began with Mike Mondo versus Alex Silva in the opener of the night, which saw uh, Mike Mondo get the win with a uh, double-arm DDT. But before the match, we saw an infamous Mike Mondo promo. Um, what, what were your reactions to the uh, amazing promo by Mike Mondo? It, it was better than the last one. That's all I've got to say. Just not not really <laughs> say, saying much, is it? <laughs> it? It wasn't. It wasn't bad, but it, it yeah, it wasn't as bad as the last time. I mean, I don't know. I still don't know why they gave him promo time, but no. I mean, the match itself wasn't wasn't too bad. I mean, yeah, it was um, okay. Yeah, I like the way he brought out his sign again. Um, yeah, the same sign, the Godzilla Mondo. Was it Godzilla fears Mondo or something? Yeah, yeah. The, the way that they're sort of giving him a bit more time, and uh, you know, he's been on twice already, and he's, he's actually got a win. Whereas the yeah. other OVWs seem to just be jobbing to everyone. So maybe that's a sign that they're considering gonna, you know, considering bringing him in on a permanent basis. Because... Would, you, would you like to see that? You know, without the promos. I don't think I would. I I don't know. I'd find it weird that they'd give both like these guys the opening match, give them time when neither one of them are on the roster yet. I just thought they like the OBW guys should be used as enhancement talent. And mm-hmm. if they're going to bring in either Mondo or Silva, I'd rather them give Silva a chance because he's only what twenty years old. They said, yeah, and he's already pretty decent. I thought, and he's only going to improve given time. And I think it, you know they bring him in and put him in like a faction such as the house of truth or the embassy and just let him grow in that role mm. i think he could have like a some kind of a bright future in ring of honor but i just i don't see anything in mondo steven do you agree with that because i know uh, you wrote uh, on the report I, I, don't, that... I don't mind mondo i think he's i think he's a lot better in the ring than what than people give him credit for um i think it's because he's you know he's got the whole you know sports entertainment look that people just sort of expect him to be pretty pretty bad in the ring but Mm. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be against them signing him, but I can see why a lot of people would be because, I mean, I don't, I don't know where he'd go really. I mean, he'd probably be another one thrown into sort of the TV title um, picture, and I think that's already pretty loaded. And he's a similar sort of guy to Mike Bennett, really. And I don't, I don't think Ring of Honor sort of needs two, yeah, two of the same kind. I mean, when him and Mike Bennett were sort of doing like the opening shows, and neither of them were really regular roster members, I think. If you'd have given me the choice, I'd have picked Mike Mondo over Bennett. But mm. I think now I'd, I'd, I probably would have made the wrong choice because I think Bennett's improved quite a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think they will bring him in. But it, as John said, it was it was surprising that they've gone with two OVW guys. I mean, neither mm. of them have got a future in Ring of Honor, or at least that's what we think. Neither of them are sort of going to, you know, be, you know, a final battle, which is really what they're using the TV uh, show to sort of promote. So, yeah, yeah it was... I mean, even you know, throw. I know they had the uh, not well, say the squash match a bit later on, but even I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they could have put a you know a different match on. I mean, even Mondo against I don't know somebody else. I mean, mm. you know, or, or Silver against 
or Elgin or, or somebody like that. It just yeah, yeah it, it was, was an odd choice. I agree. Yeah, I mean the, the match itself wasn't bad. I thought. I mean it was. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a decent enough match. I, I I didn't you know I was okay with it. It just seemed like they could have chose people on the roster to actually have the match instead of two people that aren't going to be on any of the the major upcoming shows within the next probably few months up through final battle yeah and it just yeah i agree i'd rather them focus on the people they have instead of the people they're i guess looking to bring in on the tv show Mm. and like if you're going to try people out try them out on the house shows that way uh you don't have to like not waste the tv time but you can use it on something more effective than just giving people a chance yeah uh, we then had a quick promo by Jim Cornette, um, who said he's been given four weeks by Steen's um, amazing lawyers to respond to the lawsuit, and he's going to make an official announcement next week. Um, I'm sure most of you know what that is. We then had a quick promo by Jay Lethal, who said that um, he was talking about Mike Bennett and his title defense against Generico next week. Um, he said Generico deserves the next shot because he took him to the limit when he won the TV title and that Bennett's had his chance. Um Anything you'd like to comment on the Jay Lethal promo? Or... Well, it wasn't a bad promo. It said everything they needed to say, and it didn't take too long. And I'm glad that they're keeping the sort of rivalry going between him and Bennett. Yeah, they're mentioning something every week. They're you know not they're uh, keep you know keep adding like a little something new every week. Like this week, they showed why talked about why Lethal is giving Generico the rematch and not uh, mm. Bennett. And I just think it. I just I just like how they're keeping up with it every every week instead of having you know gaps of time where they don't even mention it. That's why I like one of the things I like about the show is every week they're building towards final battle. They keep on building like the same feuds, giving it new wrinkles like the uh, Davey and Eddie feud or the uh, Rising's Greatest Tag Team and Briscoes feud. They always you know even if it's just like a thirty second promo, they're giving giving it time to build up towards final battle. And that's one of the things I think the TV show is doing well. Mm. Yeah, I like the way they're sort of putting a different spin on it every week as well. Like like John said, it's not sort of the same promo or the same sort of angle over and over again. Um, I think that's where maybe the wrestling's great tag team and Briscoe's one has sort of fallen down a bit, whereas it just seems to be the same, you know, the same promos. And the, yeah, the this the infamous thing. chair attack in June yeah, you mentioned I mean, every single week almost. Yeah, and I mean, the thing was, I mean, uh, it... Yeah, it was a chair attack. But, I mean, the way Hart and Benjamin sort of look when they're told about it, it's like they were, like, stabbed several times or something. <laughs> or they were left like, for dead or something. It was, like, it was a couple of chair shots. I mean, it and wasn't it, like, the match hadn't even ended, had it, at that point? I can't remember. I think it was after after the match. After the it? match. Oh, I, I thought it was, was after, after the Briscoes had been eliminated, but I must have No, it was, it was after the match, and uh, I think Kings of Wrestling started the beatdown or something, and then the Briscoes came in. And I remember the Kings of Wrestling just sitting in the corner and just telling the Briscoes to oh. keep beat. Yeah, I remember. We then got to the second match of the night, which was Mike Bennett versus Jamin Olavencia. I think I'm saying you had that. You right. trouble with that name when we discussed the results. <laughs> yeah, and I think I would have practiced it after hearing the announcers say it, but <laughs> you messed it up again. Um, it was another match designed to put Bennett over to the fans, and Bennett got the win with the uh, the box office smash. Um, any thoughts on this match, guys? No, I mean, it was a lot like the other sort of squash matches they've done. I mean, I've said before that I like the way they're not just, you know, Benny hasn't just walked in, hit, you know, hit the box over smash and then walked out again. I mean, I think at least it was, you know, sort of sort of competitive. I mean, I know everyone knew who was going to win. I mean, that's pretty obvious, but yeah. it was still kind of competitive, which was, uh, you know, I think it's always better to just, even if it's against somebody that it's not going to feature on the TV show, just to make it, you know, get the fans involved in it a bit more and, 
just to make it a better a better match overall, really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, they said Olavencia is a former OVW champion, so I thought he was a good person to bring in to have like, the crowd behind him in a match like this. And uh, make it seem like, you know, people are really against Bennett, even if it's just like that illusion that they are, even though people, you know, actually don't like Mike Bennett, as you you often hear with the Ring of Honor fans talking about him. Mm. But, um, yeah, it was a decent enough match, got Bennett even more over to help build more more momentum for him going into the future, and that's really all it was needed to do. I thought it was quite funny how he offered uh, Jamin a TV title match at the start. Because Bennett thinks he's the real TV champ and he gave him a title shot. So that was quite funny. Yeah, I kind of like the way they're going with that. I mean, it's kind of just a, a really heelish move, isn't it, for him to say, like, oh, he's TV champion and stuff. And mm. I, I think it adds a bit more to their, you know, it's, it's probably going to be the, uh, Bennett against Lethal, isn't it, for the TV title at Final Battle. Yeah. And I think that just adds a bit, it's going to, you know, it's going to make Lethal angry. And it's, it's just an easy way for Bennett to get a bit more heat, which is, uh, I think it was quite a clever move, really. Mm. Yeah, I like yeah. it as well. And I think that the MVP of that match was definitely Brutal Bob Evans. I mean, I don't think Bennett would have won that match without uh, Brutal Bob at his side. Yeah, great insight that, by that Brutal was Bob. His, um, you know, his little stint on commentary as well. <laughs> oh, his 10-second oh, yeah, stint. Sure yeah, he's making sure everybody knew it was a TV title match. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's just, you know, he's doing his job, making sure everyone knows what's going on. Model but I think uh, Kevin Kelly and McGuinness were a bit harsh going on about his breath and uh, how vile he is. I know. I they wouldn't say it to his face, would they? Because they know they're... <laughs> they say that, yeah, set up at their chairs at the ramp. You'd give him the good old stretch that they keep talking about that he just all of his students. <laughs> we then got to this week's Inside ROH, which uh, first focused on Eddie Edwards' new trainer, Dan the B7, which was revealed on the ROH website, oh, in fact, by David Richards' tweet, which was read out uh, almost robotically by Kevin Kelly. Uh, where Davey, you know, said he, he was a bit annoyed that Eddie went behind his back and got seven as a trainer. And then Davey explained why he was pissed off with that, saying that it was Davey's idea to train with seven that he's always wanted to. And then Eddie went behind his back to get seven as his trainer. Um, the infamous Dan Seven, if you would have listened to last week's podcast, I don't think we'll talk about him <laughs> as long as we did last week. Um, I understand uh, Kevin Kelly made a mistake, Stephen. Is this right? Yeah, he labelled him as a former UFC uh, heavyweight champion, and I, I, I was pretty sure I got it wrong. I've, I've checked my sources, otherwise known as Wikipedia, <laughs> and uh, it, it tells me that he, he was never heavyweight champion. So I suppose they did that just to sort of give him a bit more credibility, I guess. What they could have said is former ring, uh, Royal Rumble competitor. Yeah. W7. <laughs> Who was thrown out by... Um, by a force, otherwise known as Mabel. Yes, in six minutes is an impressive performance in the Rumble. Mm. Uh, yeah, he was, he was never actually heavyweight champion. I think he won some sort of sort of um, tournament, but that he's, yeah, he was never champion. I mean, I don't know why they said that. I don't know. They should just go on about I, his I don't know if he wins. told him that. Yeah, 100 wins. And I, I'm pretty sure he's in like, the UFC Hall of Fame or something. And, you know, two-time former NWA champion. And that's when the bout, that bout sort of you know, carry quite a lot of prestige before TNA ruined it. So mm. they could have gone, you know, they could have mentioned that as well. But, you know, what did I'm, you sure think they, the... I'm sure he'll mention it next week in his video. Oh, yeah, Seven will be showing um, a training video next week with uh, Edwards. Um, but what did you think of this segment, you know, Davey's promo about why he was annoyed? Well, the, our big complaint was how we didn't think it made any sense why he thought he betrayed him. Mm. Eddie betrayed Davey, and this gave 
even though it's kind of a dumb reason, in my opinion, at least it gave a reason, and it actually kind of makes sense, or it actually does make sense, I guess. Mm. So at least they provided like some background and the information we needed to know why Davy was so mad at Eddie for doing this. And at least they gave us a reason, as John said. I was thinking it's a really, really stupid reason. That's, I think it makes Davy look a bit ridiculous, to be honest. I mean, he's always on about, oh, he, you know, he's, he's in Ring of Honor to sort of compete and fight the best. And then when Eddie tries to better himself by getting a trainer, he's always like, he's all like, oh, I can't believe he's just done that. Mm. It's just, it's, it's a, yeah, it is a bit silly. I, I, yeah, I think it's a bit pathetic, but I suppose I don't know how else they would have tied in the whole seven thing to sort of, you know, grow. How about just not it. have him there? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's controversial. <laughs> um, I thought they could have perhaps focused on seven a little bit more because the only reason I knew about him is because I had to research him for last week's podcast. But if they would have just said former champion Dan Seven, that's all they really said. I, I would have had no idea who he was. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose they'll give you more info next week when there's actually a video of him but I mean if not everybody knows what the UFC is I mean I, I should imagine you know 90% of people who watch wrestling do but mm. and if, if he just says UFC heavyweight champion someone might think you know well what's that if I mean they might, I mean, they might not even know what the NWA is but they could have yeah they could have mentioned sort of what his background is you know former pro wrestler and you know UFC legend and stuff like that Mm. Um, yeah, and like give some information about what his record is. He's you know has a hundred wins. He's a former UFC champion. It's not heavyweight. It's the UFC super fight champion. He's like a former world champion in professional wrestling. He's uh, and he's got a great in, mustache. Like, and he's and he has the world's best mustache. I can't think of. <laughs> I'm sure uh, other than Hulk Hogan's, I can't think of one better. <laughs> uh, the second half of the uh, Inside RH segment was about. It first recapped the All Night Express's promo from last week, and then we had the Briscoes challenging CNC Wrestling Factory to a tag team match next week because they uh, were laughing at how it took Haas and Benjamin 13 minutes to beat them in the main event last week, and they wanted they said they could do it in three minutes. Um, I thought this is quite a sort of funny promo. I don't know if they were supposed to come across as so sort of goofy and comedy like, but um, what did they you, are, they? yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing to be honest. But what did you think of this? You know the promos. Oh, and yeah, uh, sorry, go on. I was going to say CNC Wrestling Factory also did a promo, which made no sense whatsoever <laughs> to me. I don't know if you two understood him, but I thought it, it was I, I think it made more sense than Ultimate Warrior promo at least. But <laughs> I thought I thought it was a thousand times better than their first promo, at least you can yeah, hear what they were saying and they weren't in front of what looked like a middle school locker room. <laughs> it, I, I just thought this promo was a whole lot better than the first one. And I kind of like the Briscoes as well because I thought it was funny how they are ridic- ridiculing World's Greatest Tag Team or Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team for not being able to beat the uh, Coleman and Alexander in a quick enough time and they'll prove how much better they are by beating them in quicker time. I just thought that was like, yeah, a that's a good that's a good idea. I do like that. He puts sort of more important uh, importance on the match, and yeah. um, you know, it's sort of, I suppose it'll get people wanting to know if they will. And I mean, I'm sure they will. But yeah, I think I mean I think it's sort of a match that without that it'd sort of just be a bit of a random match. But at least there's you know so reason, reason behind it. Yeah, explanation for it. So yeah, yeah. it's a good thing. And I like the way uh, Coleman and Alexander debuted their own. Um, that's what he said a little bit while he was saying, "Amen." Yes. Yeah. That, that can go up against 
Um, a t- you know, a tag team's a ring of honor. Is only one of them allowed to speak? Is that like a, <laughs> a new rule? Unless you're the Briscoes when you both speak at the same time. Nobody <laughs> has any idea what you're saying. In every, in every single tag team, there's always one that speaks more than the other. I mean, in Future Shock, Adam Cole seems to do more talking. And you've got Jay Briscoe does most talking for the Briscoes. And then mm. um, Charlie Haas. Chris Coleman. Yeah, Charlie Haas. And I, I, I never Kenny thought... I don't know if it was just me, but I always thought Benjamin was better at promos than what he actually is. I don't know if he was just... Maybe he never cut promos in WWE, I'm not sure. I always thought well, he was decent. His mom getting good promos. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think about it. I don't remember him really talking that much. No, no, he just sort of wrestled and let that speak for himself. And yeah. Even when he was feuding with Triple H and stuff, he didn't really speak that often. Yeah, when he got yeah. those... Was it the three wins over Triple H and they yeah. didn't do anything with it? Mm. And at the... The annoying thing with him was that every, at the start of every match, they'd always say he's like the most athletically gifted wrestler in WWE, and then he'd just job to like Santina Morella or something. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, we then got to the main event <laughs> of the evening, which is Kyle O'Reilly versus Davey Richards. Um, before the match, Davey said that it was going to be an American strong style match, I believe. Um, and just before the match started, Truth Martini also joined McGuinness and Kevin Kelly on commentary. Uh, now, John, being as you're the only American here, what is an American strong style match? I was hoping you wouldn't ask me that because I don't have the slightest <laughs> clue. Um, that was the first time I had ever heard anybody say that. Yeah, I, think I mean, Richards created it. Davey honest. had American strong style on his T-shirt. Is this like a new sort of gimmick, so to speak? Because I swear I've never heard him say that before. Well, I guess I guess it is because in Japan they have the uh, Japanese strong style, and I guess he's just wanting to Americanize it in a way. And uh. But I had a hard time getting into the match like the last few minutes. So I'm not sure if I'd want to see a whole lot more of that style. It's, not, it's just not... I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not what I enjoy seeing, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I did enjoy it. But I think they just they just went overkill on you know, on the kicks and the, mm. the the slaps and stuff like that. It just I suppose the American Strong Style match just sort of means... It's heavily like strike base and more like MMA style, I guess. Yeah. And but if I'm gonna watch watch that, I just gonna watch. Well, MMA. yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. I know we mentioned it last week, but I think they're going too far with the whole MMA stuff because I mean, if people are gonna watch MMA, they're gonna watch UFC because that, mm-hmm. you know that's just the, the best there is out there. But if people want to watch pro wrestling, they'll watch pro wrestling. I mean, there is a there is a big difference. Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind them sort of blurring the lines a little bit. I mean. I suppose Davey's always been quite a hard hitter, and he's always like he's always he's sort of mentioned he's like you know he's training and stuff. But when they start bringing it into storylines and match gimmicks and stuff like that, I think that's just a bit too far. Yeah, but, I mean I agree. Uh, it was a good match. There was some great counters in it towards the end, but the first other than maybe five minutes or the first bit of the match did take a while to get going for me anyway. Yeah, yeah once, yeah. once so, Davey, uh, um, they're on the outside, and Davey uh, missed O'Reilly and kicked the post. That's after that, I thought the match got. Really good. I started really getting into it at that point. But before then, I was just like, "All right, it's a kick, another kick, it's a chop. All right, another kick. Okay." It just—I don't know. I just had a hard time getting into it up till that point. Mm. But there's one thing I realized, and it's just not this this match, but just wrestling in general. And I'm going to ask you all about this. All the time, there's like a wrestler, you know, supposedly comes close and knocking another wrestler out, and instead of going for the pinfall, they ask the referee to count to ten. Why? Why wouldn't they just go for the pinball? 
That is a really think, good point. That happens all the time, doesn't it? If you think the wrestler's out for 10, why can't you just go ahead and pin him for the quick three count and then be done with it instead of giving him the chance to get up? Maybe it's an unwritten rule in there. American the rest, Strong the, Style. The wrestling that. training rule book. Yeah, maybe, if an yeah, opponent maybe is like knocked it. out, you may not pin him. That is a strange point. I've never thought about that before. That's weird. Well, maybe. Maybe wrestling scripted. It's still real what? to me, damn it. <laughs> uh... Also, Truth Martini then appeared after the match and uh, was telling Davey everything he did wrong. Basically, on commentary for the entire match, he kept saying, Davey would have won by now if he was with me. He must have said it at least ten times. Yeah, I, I kind of like the whole the way he came out and sort of teased that you know, he was going to try and get either Davey or Eddie on board. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't particularly like the way he was saying, if Davey was with me, he yeah, would have won. Yeah, he got a bit repetitive. And even, even McGuinness two called minutes. him out. Yeah, yeah, every two minutes he was saying, if Davey was with me, he'd have won already. He was like, and I think that sort of it sort of put O'Reilly down a bit as well. I mean, he kept basically saying that O'Reilly was terrible and that Davy should have won in two minutes. I mean, they're they're really building O'Reilly up, and I think that was a bit detrimental, to be honest. Mm. But after the match, they then uh, he went to the ring to tell him everything he did wrong, and then he got the crap beat out of him basically, and uh, was left on the floor in a lot of pain, and that was the end of the show. Um, yeah, for some reason, I just I like watching Truth Martini get beat up. I find that really entertaining. <laughs> it's actually quite fun, isn't it? <laughs> I thought it was strange how there was like no appearance by Eddie Edwards or anything. I mean, uh, uh, Truth Martini has nothing to do with Edwards. I mean, what was he really, really doing out there? Yeah, he had really nothing to do with the feud like at all. Like, it made more sense to have Tony because I always have a hard time saying his name. Tony Kazina <laughs> on commentary instead of being down there to. Uh, but then who the would have thrown the towel in? He yeah, what do you think of ending via towel? I really didn't like that. I didn't like it either. I would have much rather just seen him just tap out. He still would have put on a he put on a great show. I don't yeah. know why he had to have that guy throwing a towel for maybe, him. Maybe maybe it's American strong style rules. Maybe there's always a guy who throws it. That's how every match ends. Even with the pinfall, <laughs> they throw it a towel in just in case. Yeah, maybe there's no pinfalls or submissions. Maybe it's just whoever wins is the person who gets the towel thrown in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to oh, well, check I'll out these. Play. I would just strong style rules. I just wouldn't bring a manager to ringside. That way, nobody can throw in a towel for me. I'd win every match then. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think it, they could have just ended it by, you know, ironically tapping out because. Yeah, I mean, he's I the mean, world champion. He should. Yeah, just... he was going against the world champion. He was going against a guy who's, you know, he's training with and he's obviously, you know, got more experience and he's better. So mm. I don't think it would have hurt him at all just to, you know, tap out. I think it made him look a bit weak with having to have. Some guy. I mean, they haven't. They've never really explained what Kazina does. I mean, no, he's made two appearances and they've just said they he's sort of say like oh, training partner. But I mean, they've never really said anything about you know, his background or anything. Or he's just like some some guy. And yeah, this guy's just thrown a towel in and just made O'Reilly lose a match. And everyone was, I'm sure, new viewers are just like, mm, what happened there? Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it's just a bit strange. I much prefer just O'Reilly to sort of to tap out, and that had been uh, you know, far more. I just think it made more sense, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, overall, guys, what do you think of this show compared to um, previous weeks? Stephen? Um, I don't know. I don't really know what to say when you sort of ask this, because it's just it's hard to sort of judge a show against another one. But I think it's probably... I think I probably enjoyed it less than most of the other ones. I'm not saying it was worse, but I think I enjoyed it personally less. Mm. Um, as John said, I, got, I had a bit of trouble getting to the main event because it just seemed a bit repetitive, and 
in in parts it was just sort of it was all kicks and it was ankle luck after ankle luck and it was just a bit repetitive. I bet um, some people like that style, but yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's not really my style. Yeah, that I like to I mean, watch either. I mean, yeah. I don't have a problem with it if it's just going to be one wrestler using that style or just from time to time matches going like that. But it mm. seems to be that's the direction that a lot, not not a lot, but I guess the Team Richards guys and people like Eddie Edwards are going in that direction of more strikes than and kicks and chops than you know just wrestling moves. And I'm not sure if that's the direction I want to see them go. Mm, right, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Eddie less so, but definitely Davey and yeah and, and Carl. I think they're both a bit. As you say, when they're facing somebody else, it can you know the other person can sort of break it up so it doesn't. It's not just sort of overkill on it. But when you're, you know, when you've got Davy against uh, Carl, it's just sort of yeah, just kick after kick after kick after, you know, after slap after submission hold. It's just, I'm, as you say, I'm sure some people do find that entertaining. But and I'm not saying it was a bad match because it wasn't. It was it was a really good match. But I think they could have just held back on some things and it it would have uh, you know made it even even better. Mm. Uh, well that wraps up the uh, TV show from November 19th um, we're now going to preview next week's uh, Southern Defiance show um, there's been six announced matches so far we're going to run through each of them and uh, share our predictions and uh, allocate our confidence points um, if you don't know what that is there is an article on the website explaining it and hopefully you'll get the gist of it while we're um, allocating our points now um, the first match is a proving ground match between wrestling's greatest tag team versus uh, Roderick Strong and Michael Elgin of the House of Truth. Um, I've gone four points to wrestling's greatest tag team here. Um, just because I can't see Strong and Elgin getting a tag team title shot um, in the near future, simply because Strong's you know heavily involved in the world title scene, and obviously with Elgin just winning Survival of the Fittest, he has a, a title shot coming up as well. Um, how about you, John? Yeah, I went with Haas and Benjamin with three points. For the reasons you stated, didn't this past weekend, didn't Roderick end up getting a uh, TV title match in the future? Didn't he uh, win his Proving Ground match? Or He he, he lost it, but he still got one because he took it to a time limit draw. Time limit draw, yes. Okay, yeah, so, so with him and the thick of like, the TV title hunt, and with Elgin ha- having his uh, future world title shot from winning Survival of the Fittest, I just can't see them both getting another title match to add on top of that. Mm. So I just went with Hassan Benjamin with three points. Now, now John has said all that, I'm a bit annoyed that I've only given it one point to Hassan Benjamin because he does make a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, actually, it doesn't matter. I was going to say the current scores, but I'll deal with that after we've uh, gone through these matches. Uh, we've then got, for the first time ever, Eddie Edwards versus El Generico. Um, I believe John actually suggested this last week, so obviously listening to this wonderful show. Uh, <laughs> one of I the ten. I they didn't because we just completely buried the Dan Seven uh, <laughs> angle. <laughs> just a little bit. Um, I've gone three points for Eddie Edwards. Um, the usual thing, really, of where does he, he's got a huge title match at Final Battle, and currently Generico doesn't really have any feuds or anything going on. Um, so he got nothing to lose by losing here to Edwards. So three points for Edwards. How about you, Stephen? I've gone for four for Edwards. I mean, similar to you, I can't see him losing. Um, you know, just before final battle. Um, I don't think Generico needs the win. I think you know, it should be a brilliant match. I can't believe it's the first time they've 
they've sort of had a match because yeah, it's crazy. I mean, you, there's some matches that they just do over and over again, and then you think, you know, that's a match that you'd instantly think, yeah, that'd be a brilliant match. So the fact that they haven't done it yet, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit surprising. But yeah, um, yeah, it should be great, and I, you know, I just think Edwards sort of needs a bit of momentum going to final battle, and Jericho can put on a, you know, put on a great show and pick up the loss, and you know, the fans will still get behind him. So I've I've gone for four for Eddie Edwards. John? And I and I went with four points for Eddie Edwards for the same reason. Uh, it is surprising though that this is the first match. I mean, they've met in tag team matches with Edwards as the American Wolves and Generico with uh, Kevin Steen and himself. And I think the American Wolves actually won the title from Generico and mm, yeah, they did. And so so they have experience with each other and they have some kind of past. But it is surprising that as however long they've both been in Ring of Honor, this is the first time they've met each other in a singles match but same reason as y'all for giving for picking edwards and i give it four points uh we then have another proven ground match between the tv champion jay lethal and tj perkins um i've only given this one point to lethal here but um how about you john i went with two points and i went with the time limit draw <laughs> wow um is this allowed under the official rules of our prediction yeah i think it should be i mean for some reason, the time limit draws seem to be quite common now. So time limit lethal, they call it. They've got as much chance of of winning or whatever as uh, as the other two refs have. So yeah, I think I think we'll go with that. And uh, what have you? How many points have you sort of given? This? I've gone three for Jay Lethal. Um, I'm, I don't I don't really know to be honest. I, I think Lethal will win. Uh, I don't think TJP has really got enough behind him. I mean, he hasn't really. Uh, been in that many matches since he signed his contract, so I think he'll need a few more matches before he starts getting top contention. I know Robert Strong has got a title shot now as well, so I don't mm. think they sort of want to overdo, uh, you know, the amount of because there's quite a few challenges for the TV title as well. So, uh, yeah, I've said three for Lethal. Uh, we then got the Young Bucks versus the All Night Express. Um, this one I really wasn't sure about, but then I remembered that the All Night Express defeated the American Wolves, so then I used that logic to put. Two points on the the All Night Express. How about you, Stephen? <laughs> um, I've gone for two for All Night Express as well. Um, I didn't use that logic, unfortunately, but uh, <laughs> I just think, uh, I mean, I think they've, they've they've featured more on the TV show than the Young Books have, and the books lost to the Briscoes, didn't they? Um, so, I mean, I, I don't think it really helped. Uh, you know, the All Night Express sort of losing to the Young Books. I mean, I think, as you said, the, you know, they're beating the walls and they've sort of got a bit of momentum back now. So. I think to lose to the books would be, you know, a bit foolish. So, uh, yeah, I've gone for All Night Express two points. And I have gone with the All Night Express with just one point. I was thinking Young Bucks, but I changed my mind. This is this is a tough match for me to pick. I think they're both about on the same level, but I think uh, Ring of Honor is more intent on pushing the All Night Express that are. Ha- ha- or they've been more intent on pushing the All Night Express, you know, so far this year, and I think that push is going to continue. And whenever the Young Bucks will really help give them the momentum they need going into 2012. So I went with the All Night Express with just one point. We then have the Briscoes versus uh, Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander. Um, I, I was pretty confident here, so I've gone the full five points, um, the maximum amount to the Briscoes. How about you, John? I went with five points to the Briscoes. Uh, there's no way they're losing to Coleman and Alexander. Mm. Yeah, I've also gone for five as well. I just 
Yeah, similar to what John said. There's just no chance in any way where there maybe is some sort of draw where half a million get involved. But that's the only thing I can think of. I'd, no. I'd, but yeah, I'd say Briscoe is five points. Uh, we've then got a 20-man battle royal with the winner receiving a ROH World title shot sometime in 2012. Um, they haven't announced who's in this yet, um, so what we're going to do is just take a random guess who we think is going to win. If we get it right, that's a bonus 10 points. Um, I've gone Roderick Strong here, in my opinion, just because he's had the feud sort of been built slightly on the TV show with Dave Eno, with Martini, uh, telling telling him everything he did wrong, um, the open challenge just to sort of st- take the spotlight off Davy. So I think Roderick will get a title shot in 2012. Um, how about you, Stephen? Uh, I've gone for Kyle O'Reilly, um, basically because of what happened at Survivor the Fittest, the way they went evolving for the the title shot. And I think they'll want to sort of um, you know, go with one of the younger guys again, just to sort of give them a, a leg up, uh, up the card. So, I know O'Reilly sort of came really close to winning Survival of the Fit. So, I've gone for him for the battle role, but I was definitely, yeah, I was really close to picking strong, actually, mainly for the reasons that you said, but I've gone with O'Reilly. I hope I don't get that like I did with the, the, ch- the choice of strong over Elgin for Survival of the Fit. <laughs> How about you, John? Well, I went with a completely random choice. I was struggling to come up with anybody I think would win this. So I went with Kenny King, who uh, has had you know world title matches in the past. Most recently, I think his last one was against Tyler Black about a year and a half ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And he he's somebody that's always you know puts on really good matches, and I just think you know he has a bright future in Ring of Honor. I think he could possibly be a future Ring of Honor champion. And I just think I don't know. I I really couldn't find anybody else. I think would really not deserve it, but need it. Mm. And I just thought King could be a, you know, cool choice for him to win. When thinking about who's going to be in it, I mean, surely most of the roster's going to be in yeah. it. Because I mean, are, are, there, are there even twenty guys on like on the permanent roster? I'm not really sure. I mean, I'm sure there's probably around twenty, but I should imagine most of the people that you know, most of the guys that are wrestling on that night will have to like pull double duty, won't they? Like, yeah, and be in the battle royal. Yeah, that's why I've sort of gone with a guy who's not be, not been in the match. That's the only thing I can sort of mm. yeah, give that's true. an edge for him, really. Mm. I noticed none of you picked um, Eddie Edwards. Do you not think, you know, he's got Dan Seven now as his trainer who has been in the Royal Rumble. Do you think he could pass some of that knowledge on to um, Edwards? Well, I think that's probably Mab- what will go against him. I mean, yeah, unless Mabel's in the Battle Royal, I don't see how Severn's experience can help because he knows what not to do against Mabel so he can tell Edwards how to overcome the force that is that became you know Big Daddy V so unless Mabel is in it I don't see how Dan Severn guidance could help in any way um okay that wraps up Southern Defiance which takes place <laughs> <laughs> next um next weekend and there's also um Northern Aggression as well which takes place next weekend too and we'll be previewing that on next week's podcast um just to update the current point standing between the uh, staff members after um Gloria Bayona and Survival of the Fittest the current scores are Stephen has 75 I'm also on 75 and John is still in the lead somehow with 78 he hasn't been deducted points yet, though. We have to. That's pending approval. The uh, points yeah. reduction for his no-show a couple of weeks ago. 
Yeah, uh, I tried to deduct the points, but I went out and got Steam's lawyers, and they're <laughs> filing a grievance against y'all right now. So. <laughs> Uh, we encourage the listeners, you know, send in your own predictions and uh, and points, and uh, we'll probably give a prize away at the end. We might have a good big competition coming up on the website soon. Um, no, d- just check the website for details. I can't say any more right now. Um, we're now going to do the latest Ring of Honor news uh, from the past week, which, can, which you can always find at rohworld.com. Um, the first bit of news is the survival of the fittest results. Uh, I'm just going to go through each match. If there's anything you'd like to uh, comment on or talk about, just interrupt me and we can uh, talk about it. So uh, the Briscoes defeated the Bravado Brothers. Kyle O'Reilly defeated Andy Rightleg Ridge. Eddie Edwards defeated Mike Bennett. Michael Ogan defeated Kenny King, Adam Cole and Tommaso Ciampa. Steve Carino with Jimmy Jacobs versus El Generico went to a time limit draw. Uh, was it time limit draw, sorry? No, I don't, maybe it was, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yes, a time it was limit time draw. limit draw. Yes. And then Cornet came out and just sort of said that there was no, there was going to be no overtime because Carino had taken enough punishment. Or, yeah. Yeah, he so took two brainbusters, I believe. And uh, yeah. But uh, what do you think of this ending in another time limit draw? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Is it just recently? Because I mean, I don't really remember that many. Time limit draws, but now it just seems to be every single event. There's a you know, there's one every single show, and it's just. Mm. I, I hope there's not one final battle. Oof, that that'd be so annoying. I mean, they didn't really help themselves with the whole proving ground because with the whole time limit, they've sort of they've given themselves an easy way out with the time limit. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, in normal matches, I just don't. I mean, very very rarely, I think it should be used, but. I mean, not every single event, because people are just going to start getting sick of it, and I'm already getting a bit bored of it, to be honest. And I just think, I mean, I, I like the way, I know it sort of gives, you know, the crowd a bit of an edge when it's, you know, when it's a big match and you go to time of draw, and they, especially title matches, but, you know, random matches like Carino against Generico, I just, I just don't see any reason why that should be going to time limit draw, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I agree. Okay, the uh, next match was Roderick Strong defeated Rex Titus. Uh, Charlie Hush and Shelton Benjamin defeated David Richards and Jay Lethal in the Champions Challenge match. I find that kind of weird because they pinned or they made uh, Jay Lethal tap out, and I thought this was a, like a weird match to have him end his winning streak. That that just might just be me, but I found that weird. Mm, yeah, perhaps it would have been better to have him, you know. Is um undefeated streak, you know, to end when he faces Bennett, perhaps at pay per view. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, I they weren't really making anything of that, though, were they? I mean, it was mentioned Champ- a couple of times on the TV show. Yeah, I think but... it was loosely mentioned, but it wasn't like Champ is where they keep mentioning it and they keep saying, you know, he's undefeated. So I don't. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to sort of keep the final battle. Cause I think that would have, if Bennett would have won as well, it'd have really put him over with that as well. Like he's first person to beat Lethal since he came back, mm. but. I mean, I don't think they could have had... I suppose that's the only way they could have done it. I mean, I think it made sense to have um, Russian Square Tag Team go over. And then, I mean, they're not going to make the champion tap out, are they? Or even, you know, pin the champion. It just seems a bit strange. So, um, yeah, so I guess the only way they had was to uh, sort of have Lethal take the fall. And yeah. That's the only way they could do it, really. And then in the finals of the tournament, Michael Elgin got the win. Um, the order of elimination was uh, Jay Briscoe, Mark Briscoe, Roderick Strong, Eddie Edwards, and then finally um, Kyle O'Reilly, which left Michael Elgin as the winner, 
who is now guaranteed a future ROH World title shot. I'm happy Michael Elgin won. I've been impressed with him ever since he came into Ring of Honor. And although I picked Kyle O'Reilly to win Battle of the Fittest in the uh, preview, I, I, uh, I, it wouldn't, didn't surprise me that Elgin won. I think he is a uh, future star in not only Ring of Honor, but just wrestling as a whole. He has an impressive look, impressive build. He's really good in the ring. And I'm happy he won it. It sets up an interesting uh, interesting title picture for the coming months. Yeah, ex- exactly what John said, really. I mean, I kind of, on for some reason, on the day of the event, I had a, I had a feeling that Elgin was going to win. So I wasn't really surprised that he did. And I'm, I'm glad they did choose, you know, choose Elgin rather than someone like Strong that... So I, th- I think Al sort of got, you know, Algin sort of needs that bit of a push towards the, uh, you know, to give him a bit more credibility. And, you know, some of the matches he's had since he came in have been, you know, really, really good. And, so you know, he's, some of the strength he, he has and some of the, you know, the double moves he does on people, they're sort of, mm. you know, they're absolutely crazy. So, um, yeah, he's, I mean, he's really good in the ring. He's, you know, talented. As John said, he's sort of got the look. He's, uh, you know, really strong. And, he, he's, you know, he looks... He looks formidable. So, um, you know, he's he's got everything really to uh, to go far. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm I'll be uh, eager to see when they make that title match because I'll you know it'd be really interesting to see and it should be a really good match with the with whoever he faces really. Okay, that wraps up the uh, results from Survival of the Fittest. Um, this past weekend, Glory Barana also took place. Um, in the opener, Michael Elgin defeated Adam Cole, Mike Bennett, and Grizzly Redwood. Um, Kevin Steen was also in the crowd wearing a um, Colt Cabana um, t-shirt and Cornette came out and they started talking trash each other and then um, Steen mocked him by chanting an ROH or starting an ROH chant. Um, I thought it was great that Steen was getting involved at this show. Um, Surprised he wasn't at Survival of the Fittest as well, but um, it's still great that they're keeping him around, keeping him relevant still. Yeah, I like the way they're just just sort of letting him do what he wants because he came in a Colt Cabana t-shirt and... I mean, imagine if this was like a WWE angle. I mean, if that if that was basically one of their former employees, then you know they they wouldn't let them do that. I mean, it's just it's nice the way they've just sort of gone. You know, here's Steen, just do what the hell what you want. And it, I just it just it seems more real that way because it just mm. he, you know he's doing whatever he wants, and mm. I think it's a lot better the way they've they've sort of just given him creative license to just, you know to do whatever and say what he wants as well. If you saw that promo he did uh, yeah. after the <laughs> website and after the show on YouTube. Um, yeah, I don't, don't think that'll be airing on uh, the TV show anytime soon. No, I'm not, I'm not sure it will. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to play that ding, ding, ding noise for the entire promo, I think. <laughs> um, Tommaso Ciampa defeated Harlem Bravado. Um, he was originally supposed to face Jimmy Jacobs, but um, Jacobs did start brawling with Steen instead, and uh, that match was then ruled a no contest, and security took um, Jacobs and Steen away. Um, Eddie Edwards defeated Carlo Riley. Briscoes defeated the Young Bucks. Jay Lethal defeated Roderick Strong, um, which was a proven ground match. Um, it originally went to the time limit draw. What a surprise. Wow. Which guarantees Roderick Strong a TV title shot. Um, Jim Cornette then came out again and added five more minutes. And Jay Lethal then got the win. But Roderick Strong was still granted his title shot. I'm not sure if that makes sense, but... Um... That's what happened. <laughs> uh, for the ROH Tag Team titles, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team defeated the All Night Express. And then in the main event, for the world title, Davey Richards defeated El Generico. After the match, Kevin Steen started brawling with Richards. Um, security in the locker room had to come out and try and stop it. 
and uh, Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs also entered the fray and tried to st- stop it. And Carino threw Steen into all four of the barricades, and eventually Steen was dragged out of the building. Um, do you think they are building to a Steen Davy match at some point in the future here? Yeah, somewhere down the line, I think it's definitely going to happen. And yeah, I really hope it's for the world title because you know I think most people would love to see Steen as the next world champion, and that would be just yeah, it'd be brilliant. Uh, I think we actually got a topic about Steen as champion, I believe. So we'll uh, talk yeah, about that in a, in, a, in a little bit. Um, that wraps up the uh, Glory Biner results. Um, one, one little thing I will say. Okay. I, I know um, Champa beat Harlem Bravado, and he sounded apparently it was like a, you know just a basic squash match, whereas it lasted about thirty seconds. And I'm just quite disappointed that it seems that the Bravados have just sort of been buried. Really, I mean, they were sort of on a run a bit. I mean, they they were going up against the you know against against uh, Future Shock and. And the young books, and they were they were having really good matches with with both teams, and that mm. the really good um, three round match was that was it a death before the signer, I think. Yeah, I think it was I mean, the opener. I think. Yeah, I mean they they've really improved. I mean they've improved so much. Like Kevin Kelly said, if they improved as much next year, they'd be tag team champions. I mean I think that was a bit far, but I think it. Yeah, I mean they've they've really improved, and it's just disappointing to see that. I mean they've they've lost their last few matches. They lost to. Um, Coleman and Alexander, I think. Was that the TV tapings? Or... Yes. I, I think, think it so. might have been. So it seems that they're sort of at the bottom of the uh, the pile now, and I'm not sure mm. if they're going to be sticking around much longer, which is... Uh, yeah. I, hope they, I hope they are, because I, you know, I do enjoy them. And, um, yeah, that was, that was the pace of you, really. I mean, a bit, dis- yeah, a bit, a bit disappointed mm. with that. Yeah. Um, also, from the past week, there's been three new matches announced for Southern Defiance. Um, we have the Young Bucks versus All Not Express, Generico versus Eddie Edwards, and Coleman Alexander and Alexander um, versus the Briscoes. And we just previewed that like five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also announced for uh, Northern Aggression, uh, Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander um, will be battling the Young Bucks, and we'll uh, predict that match next week when we do a full preview. Uh, we're now going to do listener topics, which you can send in to us <laughs> the week. Uh, you can do that on Twitter, which is at ROH underscore world, or write it on our Facebook wall, which is facebook.com slash ROH world. And uh, once again, Stephen has uh, all of the questions and topics sent in. I do. I seem to be topics, man. You are a topic, man. Yeah. <laughs> right. First one sent, sent in on Twitter. I think all of these were sent in on Twitter, actually. Um from at WLH do he says, do you think Jay Briscoe will ever get the ROH world title? I personally liked his singles matches against Samoa Joe some years back. Um, what do you think about that, John? I don't think he will. I would love to see him win it. I'm a huge Jay Briscoe fan. He's a fantastic wrestler. He's a really good singles wrestler as well. And he always puts on, whenever he gets the uh, world title matches, he always puts on a great match. Like his match with a, uh, Roderick Strong from January it was a fantastic match. He he's just a great wrestler. I would love to see him. I think he would be a big draw as a face or a heel as a champion because he just works so well both ways. And I would love to see him as champion, but I don't think we're ever going to see that. Sadly. Yeah, I mean, uh, similar to you. I mean, I I think Briscoe is really um, he's underrated, and you know, I think he's better than Mark in singles matches. And I think. I mean, as a singles wrestler, I think he could be up there with the, uh, you know, the sort of top of the card. But obviously, the, you know, the Briscoes as a team are, are brilliant as well. So I think, yeah, I think it's it's unlikely that he'd ever, 
you know, get the ring around the title. But you know, he's, there's you know, in the future, who knows what will happen? But I think it's unlikely. In, you know, in the next, I'd say, year or two years. I mean, it all depends, I suppose, if the Briscoes uh, sort of break up, which. Unless one of them that, sort of yeah. retires, or I was going to say, like, I could only see that happening if one gets injured and has to retire. I can't yeah, see them splitting uh, up the Briscoes, to be honest. I mean, that'd be pretty, uh, pretty stupid, I think. Mm. Um, while we're on the subject of who's going to win the title, I think we should. There's a couple of more um, topics. This one's from at that Dave guy. He says, "Random thought: What do you guys think the chances are of a Steve Carino Ring of Honor World t- Ring of Honor World, yeah, Ring of Honor World title run?" So. Not very likely at no, all. No, never. I would. <laughs> no I, I, I wouldn't. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a, a TV title run, just because he's had such a long career and be kind of like a, you know, thank you for everything you've done kind mm-hmm. of run. I kind, I guess, kind of how like Kane received last year with the world title. You know, just you've been with us for a long time. Here's, you know, you deserve something. So here you go. And Karina's been around forever. And I think you know, maybe give it, maybe get him like a TV title run just to put over another young wrestler would be pretty much all he would ever get in Ring of Honor. Mm, I, yeah, I think that Carino could looks, happen. Go sorry, on. I think Carino looks younger than now than he did about ten years ago. He seems to just, he look, to me anyway, he just seems to get get younger every year. I don't know how, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it, I think it's definitely unlikely. But I mean. It's, I think he's he's done so much for Ring of Honor since you know since he came in and but I think his whole sort of mantra is that he's 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 there to put up you know put over the young the young guy so I don't I don't think personally he'd want to sort of hold the title because I think that would be taking a chance away from one of the younger guys yeah which, you know, I don't true. think he'd sort of want to do that but but yeah maybe a TV title run and uh, very that'd... slim possibility yeah maybe not very likely but not at the moment anyway because I mean that's completely crowded but um yeah. I mean, in the past, I saw, you know, the Geraldine was the uh, ROH champion for you know a while, so they've sort of gone with sort of an older guy before. But I think, I mean, Carino isn't isn't the best in the ring. I mean, he can hold his own, but I don't think he'd be, yeah, I don't think he'd be sort of world sensible as a world champion there. Mm. Uh, and really, and, sorry, go on. And it really, all depends on like the storyline or the uh, build they get towards it as well. Because yeah, before yeah, the Kevin Steen. Turn. I didn't really care for Karina at all, but then throughout last year, I was, you know, loving everything Karina did. And this year, it's been pretty much the same. Where I, I liked, you know, his road to pro wrestling recovery or whatever he was calling it at the time. Yeah, and I think yeah. it all depends on like how they do it. it. Would depend on how it would how it would get, go, I guess. Uh, another one. This seems to be this. I think we get this question every single week, but it's a different person asking. But this is from at. Kcon Hawks. He says, "Will Kevin Steen be the guy to take the title from Davey? Right, with Jay Briscoe or Kevin um, Steve Carino?" Uh, y- yes, I think we actually had this question last week. You're right. Yeah, I think uh, we have it every week. <laughs> yeah, um, I-, I can see it definitely happen. Um, I believe the next pay per view is the WrestleMania weekend one. I don't know if it'll happen then, but I can definitely see you know David Richards' title reign ending next year at some point, and Kevin Steen will be the man to do that. I think they'd, I think they'd want to do it on iPad pay view as well. Yeah, definitely. That'd be such a massive uh, sort of thing as well. Mm. I think they'd probably want as many people seeing it as possible. Uh, right, next one. Can I ask a question? 
Have you sent it in via Twitter or Facebook? <laughs> uh, I could tweet myself right now from the. Well, if you want to tweet it in, yeah, then that's uh, fine. No, I'll just say it. Um, oh. Do you think the title change will happen at the next type pay per view, which is the WrestleMania weekend shows? I thought Final Battle was on our pay per view. After Final Battle, you thought. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what do I think yeah, the top... that, that would be yeah. in late March or early April. I'm not sure when WrestleMania March is. March 30th and 31st, I think. Yeah, that'd be a plenty of time for Kevin Steen to come back in and uh, reestablish, like not that he needs really establishing, but um, really put himself in the thick of the uh, title picture and get you know big wins over top top uh, contenders to really establish himself as the uh, as the uh, challenger. So I think that'd be plenty of time for him to come in and and win the title. Yeah, I think if, you know, well, not if, but when he sort of comes back, I think, I suppose from the start, Cornet and I'll probably just start putting him in matches with some of the, the lesser guys, like him against um, Andy Ridge or him against... Mike Mondo. <laughs> yeah, someone like that, just to sort of as a, not a sort of a punishment, like, um, you know, you've got to earn your earn your way back up the card sort of thing. And I think he'll just destroy everyone that's put in front of him until they have to sort of... So Davey, you know, demands a match against him. Um, but yeah, the the pay per views, um, you know, WrestleMania weekend. I'd, yeah, I'd probably say then. I mean, I think that's probably long enough to to give uh, Steen enough time to, um, as, as John said, sort of get back in the fold and sort of uh, establish himself back on the uh, the roster. Mm, I think it'd be a bad idea to do it like leave it any longer, just because of how much momentum he's had. They don't want to risk losing any of that. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, next one is from at Bucket ROH. He says, um, "Perhaps talk about wrestling's greatest tag team, since it seems they're the indie most hated right now." And I believe we've got another one as well from at T Wrestling Fan, who said, "I don't, I don't know why I understand. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I want to be like Kevin Kelly. I don't know why I understand that every fan, it's not going them, but the most hated." They do know how to wrestle. <laughs> is that really something we got sent in? Is that yeah. Wow. Um, I don't have to respond to that. The first <laughs> one from the the bucket bucket ROH whatever. Um, didn't we discuss this last week or the week before about how? I think everybody's problem with the uh, wrestling greatest tag team is when they came in, everybody expected so much out of them, and mm. even though they're putting on consistently good matches, they haven't really put on a great match yet like everybody was hoping they would and they're it's just i guess that they've been they were hyped up either hyped up too much or haven't delivered as much as everybody hoped they would mm. and yeah, that's where I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say they were hated but i think as john said i think everyone has sort of expected more i mean i think their matches with the kings of wrestling were, were their best when they first came in yeah some I of the matches agree. they had were really good and i think that's probably why they were given the titles because they showed so much promise and I don't know if it's because they've been given the titles, but recently their matches just, they just seem, I don't want to use the word lazy, but I think they just seem a bit, I don't know, they don't seem to be putting everything into their matches. I'm not that's, sure. That's the impression I get from the promos, that they don't yeah, really, they just not seem that like, anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that, that was probably completely not true at all, but yeah. from a fan perspective, they just seem like, you know, they've, they've come here, they've got the belts, and that's it, that's all they need to do. And they just. Yeah, they do. I mean, their promos have been pretty average, and uh, you know, from from reports, their match against the Ornock Express at Glorbana was, you know, was decent, but it was nowhere near what, you know, the, the sort of caliber that you, you'd expect. Because I mean, 
nearly every single uh, well, you know, um, tag team title match that included the Kings of Wrestling was absolutely brilliant. I mean, I don't remember them having a match that was only decent, to be honest. Mm. With them, you're almost always guaranteed a brilliant match. So I think, I think people sort of expected them to be the next Kings of Wrestling, and to be honest, at the moment they they're nowhere near that sort of um, quality that they've um, that we've you know come to expect from the, the top team. So yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's hate, but I think I think they should really you know try and step it up a bit to uh, sort of silence uh, those critics. Those sort of fans. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, I wouldn't say it's hate. I think it's more disappointment than. Because you, like you said, like we expected so much out of them, they haven't uh, really lived they lived up to it in the recent months since winning the title. Right. Um. Next one uh, is from at Steenie's right. He says, discuss King's uh, Killsteen kill and RH's fear of him. I mean, I know we've just spoke about when he's going to get the title. Do you do you want to add anything more to that, really? Mm, no, I just think they've, they've built this angle really well. Like what you were saying, you know, letting them do it once makes it seem a lot more real and things. And I think it's been a fantastically sort of booked angle so far. Yeah, yeah I think I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, how they've managed to go from the state and generico angle to you know another brilliant one. I mean, it's, mm. it's uh, you know, I, I mean, next year I think Steen maybe even with Richards could have another. You know, quite a long feud that could last almost a year, or maybe like six months, eight months, and that, you know, I think Steen could start having some some brilliant feuds. And I know he's won against Generico was sort of, I think it was voted, I can't remember where, but it was voted like the the feud of the year. So, um, you know, I, th- I think just his sort of personality and gimmick just sort of lends so well to so many different types of angles that. It's just so easy to sort of put him in with anyone, and it, it, you know, it just makes brilliant, uh, brilliant matches. Yeah, I mean, he's so good, like speaking. He's so good on the mic, and he's so good at just making you believe everything he says. And yeah. he's just, he's he's just believable as the uh, psychopath character that he's been portraying, and it just works perfectly with mm. everything he's been doing for the past year and a half. Mm. Right, next one is from at Joe Dittmar. Um do you think it's a smart move to put Roddy in the TV title scene when there are, there are many for that bout already, like Bennett, Champa, Generico, TJP, and so few contenders for the world title? Only really Eddie and probably Steen. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Yeah, with Joe. Um, I think it was strange giving Roderick a title shot. He doesn't really need. He's, he's above the TV title, in my opinion. Um, and his character's developed so much on the TV show. He's improved a lot, sort of his promos and things. So I don't think he should be going for the TV title at all. I don't see what it hurts to have him going after the TV title. I mean, he's had countless matches with Eddie Edwards this year. He's had numerous matches with David Richards this year. And they were starting to get a little stale and a little repetitive. So mm-hmm. I, I guess taking him down, down the car just a tad bit, still keeping him relevant with a match for the TV title is... is Kind of, kind of, I guess refreshes the whole mid card roster. I guess. I mean, he could still. He doesn't necessarily have to go for the world title, but I think he's still above the TV title. He can just have like a high level feud, like what you suggested last week about feuding with Generico, perhaps. I, I just think there's so many other guys that could have a TV title shot instead, and he listed a lot of them there. So. I think the thing is as well. When is he going to get the shot? Because he's not going to get it before final battle, and we've sort of all. 
predicted that Mike Bennett's going to win it at final battle. So, I mean, he's strong against Bennett, the sort of match that you know, people are going to want to see. So, you know, it's two heels as well. And yeah, and that I'm wouldn't sure. work at all, would it? Yeah, I'm not really sure that would work. So, I mean, whether it's a sort of total shot where he'll just sort of ignore it or whether, I mean, because he's not going to be able to do it before final battle now. So, unless Lethal sort of retains, I'm, I'm not really sure where, where they're going to fit it in, to be honest. And I also think the TV tower is in a weird place right now because of Lethal holding it. I think he's he sh- Lethal himself should be higher up in the card than TV tower as well. Like it. That's it. Time limit has expired. It's disappointing, but sometimes that happens. Well, now wait a second, I mean. Look, we don't have five more minutes left in the show, but we do have about three. If both you guys want it, you can go to the end of the show. You want it? Sudden death now, I guess. Match continues. Like, the TV title to me seems to be, like, perfect for the young wrestlers who are lower to mid-card people. And I mean, yeah. Jay Lethal is, you know, main event caliber and should be in the main event in high profile matches. So it just seems to be on a, in a weird position to begin with. And, it, and I just think both Strong and Lethal should both be main eventers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and the last one is from at Denim the Beast Dave. He says, following this weekend's results, what matches would you make for the future? That's a tough one. Anybody? <laughs> uh, just based off this past uh-huh. week, just based off survival of the fittest, I would make uh, Elgin and Strong versus. Uh, no, yeah, I'd make Elgin and Strong versus uh, Future Shock of uh, of Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah, that, that'd be really good. Yeah, I was gonna say Elgin against O'Reilly in a singles match, but yeah, that that, that match would be yeah really good as well. Because you know Elgin pinned Cole to qualify for survival of the fittest. The uh, elimination match, and then he pinned Kyle O'Reilly to win it. So there's the and uh, you know, uh, Roderick Strong has been having problems with everybody in Team Richards for the past few months, and that would bring in O'Reilly. So I just I just think that would make sense logically and be a great match as well. Hmm, apart from that, I can't. Off the top of my head, I can't really. Yeah, it's hard really to think um... of any. That's that's a tough one, but I think definitely something involving uh, Elgin and O'Reilly, and yeah, I think a House of Truth against Future Shock tag team match that'd be that'd be uh, really entertaining. Mm. Um, I think that's it for the listener topics. Yep, it is. Yep. Okay. Oh, one more, one more. Oops, I mean for this another match. I just thought of. How about uh, Charlie Haas versus? Jay Lethal since Haas beat Lethal. It's like for like a proving ground match. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really sure it's Haas as a singles wrestler. I mean I know it was it was him against Algin, wasn't it? Was that a Death Before Dishonor? Yeah. Oh yeah, they uh, both had singles matches. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think Shelton sort of needs well not needs, but I think he should have more matches sort of singles matches because I think he's just as good you know on his own as he's in a team, but um. I'm not, yeah, I'm not 100% sure with Haas. I'm not sure. I mean, I wouldn't be sort of against it, but I'm not sure it'd be 
that good, especially against Lethal. I'm not really sure their sort of styles would, would match very well, but um, I suppose if you you know if you start giving Shelter more singles matches, especially after they they drop the titles, I mean if you know if he's having a match, then I suppose Haas sort of needs one as well. So yeah, that, that's sort of the the downside to it, I guess. Was that the last question then? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Um, if you'd like to share any feedback, you can do that by emailing us, um, contact at rohworld.com. Uh, you can also tweet us, which is uh, at roh underscore world, or go on our Facebook wall, which is facebook.com slash rohworld. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the show, and uh, thank you to Stephen and John for joining me. Thank you. Uh, I'm not sure if we went over the time limit. Hopefully we didn't. Uh, And we will see you all next week for episode 11.